everybody. Howdy, everybody. I'm Robert. And I'm Ira. And this is Money Shot. It is. Ira, how you doing? I'm doing fine. Who's this dashing gentleman next to you? Yeah, perhaps you should introduce him. This is Eddie Perez. Eddie the Stuntman. Eddie, hey, Eddie how you doing? Good, how are you? Ooh, ooh, how are you guys ooh, doing? Eddie, let's... Uh, we saw a movie together with you, and we want to kind of uh, tip our hand on that. But it's it's really great to have you here. I want to ask you a few questions about the stunt industry because you you've done a lot of stunt work. Yes, I have. Um, so we're going to get into that in a minute. But first, yes. we need to run down what movies we're, we're, we're we watched today and uh, and and our top five. So today we saw The Hitman's Bodyguard. We'll discuss that and uh, in just a little bit. And of course, our top five is is uh, our favorite. Um, Movie stunts. Movie stunts. Movie stunts. And see, that's because we have a real stuntman in studio. We with have us. themes. <laughs> I like our that. themes. So, Eddie, tell us a little about yourself. What's what's your background like? Uh, let's see. I started out as a personal trainer, and I was going to college in New York. Met uh, Mickey Rourke, and he asked me to come out in L.A. and train with him. Mm. And I did, and from there, I wound up... Uh, and when you say train, what kind of uh, like uh, boxing and physical okay. training, running and all the good stuff? He was uh, doing a movie, so I started training with them, and then uh, I wound up meeting some of the guys from Duran Duran, and wound up going on tour with them. Wow! And from that to Pink Floyd, and just did the roundabout way, and then and what, came, what year is that? Oh, late eighties, early nineties. So right in, uh, right in their their heyday. Yeah, yeah. Then I uh, came out here, and I always wanted to do stunts and trained and. Wound up working as a bodyguard for Sylvester Stallone for a while, and uh, you wow. know, just started meeting people, and through that, just one thing led to another. One like things to another, yeah. And it, it, it was a uh, mound of coke later, and all of a yeah. sudden, yeah. <laughs> then uh, my friend Isai Morales was on in La Bamba, and I was out visiting him, and I he wound up standing in for him and doubling him, and met Taylor Hackford, and he's been instrumental in helping me. So I've. Uh, Told him I loved him and cursed him for years because it, it was easy at first, and then I, the reality kicked in. Right, it's like okay, so this is going to be not so easy, but you know it's been it's been a good ride. And so you you've done stunts pretty exclusively for the past how how many years? How long have you been? Twenty five years now. Twenty five years. Yeah. And in that time, have, what I mean, I got to ask the question: yeah, yeah. What's been more the some of the dangerous, most dangerous stunts you've done? Uh, let's see. I was uh, burned in a movie, like legitimately uh, burned, yeah, or you're burned? Legi- no, legitimately the, okay. burned. So that that took a little time to heal and a little what, time what to movie was that? It was uh, Zohan, Adam Z- Sandler movie. And what what scene was that? Uh, when the uh, please tell me it didn't end up in the cutting room floor. No, no, they actually used it. Okay, and uh, yeah, when the the bad guy who is John Turturro shoots a rocket at a building and there's a bunch of store people outside and it was just too big of an explosion. And See, this is what happens when you mess with the Zohan. Exactly. The title yeah. says, don't mess with the Zohan. You messed with him. I, did, I didn't get that footnote. So, yeah. yeah. It's I, right I there on lesson. the script, page one. Exactly. You know? So, you know, I've had that and a few... I've been pretty fortunate. Just little things here and there, but nothing major. So... so would you say that that's the most dangerous stunt you've done, or that's where you got hurt the that's most? That's where I got hurt the most. Uh. Uh, dangerous is—it's all—I I don't know—it's perspective. I, I don't—I don't feel that anything's too dangerous. If not, I probably wouldn't do it. Yeah. 
I'm, uh, you know, I'm not a daredevil. There's a difference between stunts and daredevil, I feel. Right. Like daredevils do things that, yeah, I, I can do once and I might live or die. <laughs> whereas stunts, you do it repetitively. So there's a little bit of, you know, calculation and uh, logic to it. Have you met some people that are like that? I mean, I, that sounds like some, you're right for some stories there. With yeah, people. I mean, I mean yeah, you see, you see the, a lot of those TV shows and stuff and you see all the daredevils, you know, the guys that, you know, well, like what? What do you mean? What like shows? evil can evil type stuff. Oh, I see. You know where they jump twenty or thirty buses for fun, mm. and they might make it or they might not. You know that's that's not really what stunts is about. Showboating. You know? yeah, yeah, that's showboating, right? Yeah. No, well, what do you think about yeah. shows like Jackass? Uh, they have their place in. in it's more comedy than stunts, mm-hmm. and and you know it's it's kind of comedy's evolved into a point now where you know violence is humorous so what they do seems to work because you know obviously mtv loved them and the ratings and television have loved that that genre it has Mm -hmm. its place you know it's not really stunt work it's it's you know it's jackasses right they're they're being complete you know what guys do in college right you know it's it's a dorm room mentality so it's it's not i don't know it's not professional but i i get it you know, some of it's hard to watch. Yeah. Do you, like, do you watch it? I mean, that was my, oh, kind yeah. of my next question. Is yeah, like, I do. I watch everything, okay. good or bad. You learn from everything. Do you do you enjoy films with stunts? Does it sometimes pull you out of the movie when there's too many stunts? Like you can't follow the story because you're watching for the stunt work? Or, yeah. I, or... Try, I try to separate myself. It, it's hard. You know, even I think friends of mine who are filmmakers also, they're like, when they see me in a film, it's like, oh, somebody's going to die. <laughs> it's like he's gonna die okay how is he gonna die so that that's always kind of you know you see certain people and they go oh shit something's coming what, what's been going on the last few weeks with um walking dead that two stunt people died in the last five weeks well it wasn't walking one was in walking dead another one was uh on another film and you know i don't really know much about it I, it's it's a it's a tragic thing and it's always hard you know everyone's gonna second guess it's like everyone who I know works on those shows are amazing professionals and they do their best. So they're just tragic accidents, unfortunately, and the media and everything's going to try to turn it into something that it's not. But at the end of the day, it's a, you know, it's a profession that you do and there's a risk involved. You know, it, it's, there's a reason why all the people there, they're the best at what they do. Things go wrong. It's sad. And I, I feel for everyone that's a part of it because they're all hurting as well. You know, they've lost people, that they care about everybody on the set when we're there it's you know we're known as i i said something the other day at the uh at the emmy nominations that uh it's like we're known as a stunt community and i think we're the only department in any film you know you don't hear anybody else being called the community but we are because everybody risks and everybody has each other's back so when one person goes i think everybody feels right. it yeah you know, it's one of those things now you mentioned the emmys you've I mean, you've been, you've won for the I, for won, Shameless. I won last year. Yeah, and I'm right? nominated this year again for That's Shameless. That's awesome. So it's I, kind of fun. I, wow. I don't know if you've seen Shameless, Ira. I haven't. No. Uh, Shameless is <laughs> is one of my favorite shows. Oh, and I, I'm saying that not just because you're here. Yeah. I mean, it literally is like top five shows of all time. It's so amazing. It is. It, it's, it's such a pleasure to be around everybody. I mean, Bill Macy's awesome. Uh, Emmy Rossum. Just everybody there. It's, you know. And so you've doubled for her a lot, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. She's got great legs. And, uh, you know, my legs and hers are. You just work those calves out constantly. Exactly. 
but yeah, it's it's a great family, and it's it's you know they're what, great uh, actors because they'll go where nobody will go. Right, for sure. Yeah, and that's part of the beauty of that show. Yeah. Now, forgive my ignorance. Of, I I should have done my homework, yeah. but I, this makes for a good pod. Yeah. What. What were you nominated for? Was there a particular stunt that you were nominated um, for? No, a show? It, 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 it's for comedy and it, it's for the whole season. So oh, you get to season. put whatever. So, you know, the uh, last season was we did uh, the one girl jumping out of the ambulance that, that gets hit by a car. Oh, right. You know, we had a, a bunch of really cool and Frank's fight with his ex-wife where they they fight in the living room and okay. beat the shit out of each other. So we, we, had, a, we had a good mix of stunts now do you show. do a lot of the on-camera stuff or are you coordinating it on that show in particular i do all the coordinating behind okay it, it's it's a lot and it, they're very specific because that show um it's not really an action show so it, it's right it's very for me i find i love it because it's a challenge to keep all the action very situational mm. And I've had people say, I didn't know there were stunts on Shameless. And then they go back and look at it and go, oh, wow, they actually are. Yeah, probably a lot. And, and they're like, wow, there's a lot. And I go, good, I did my job then. If you're not right. noticing it's it. Be, yeah, if it's not obvious, it's no, organic. And, 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 and that's the thing, to keep it very organic. Right. And, and right. Bill's great at that. And everyone there is great at, you know, we sit there and everybody has their input of what we have to mm. do. And the directors that come in are... you know, sometimes it's like, yeah, we don't, that's not Shameless. Mm. And it's like, oh, okay. And then we'll take it to a whole nother level and people start laughing. It's like, oh my God, so wrong. And it's like, okay, now we've gotten shameless. <laughs> if, shameless. if everybody feels it's wrong, that's we're it. Here. That's where we're going. Yeah, yeah. What um I want to ask you in terms of stunt work, is there a stunt that in your mind is fairly easy to do, but people often when they're watching it on television or in movies, that they're like, Oh man, that was amazing. But in the back of your mind, you're going, Yeah, it really wasn't that hard. Are there any any stunts like that that really jump out for you? <sighs> I, I'm trying to think. Uh, What's the biggest bang for your buck? The biggest bang? I mean, car crashes are always, you know. Really? Yeah, yeah. Car stuff is. And what know. do you guys do? Do you go find a, a, a wrecker sometimes and then just. Uh, well, it, depending on what the what the car stunt is, a lot of times they're rigged. And, you know, you have also have the EPA has a lot of standards where you have to have fuel cells because you can't have any fluids that spill. Right. So there's a, a lot of, you know, restrictions you sometimes have. But you'll go out and rig the cars and put roll cages in, depending on how big the stunt is. And they used to take like telephone poles and and fire them down at the, if, the ground. Do, do they still yeah, do it that if, way? If you do cannon, yeah. If you do cannon, you can do that. They also have an air cannon now that they do. Huh? Like in the uh, Fast and Furious Five, the opening with that bus. That was an air cannon. They had like uh, I think it was three or four air cannons in there to get that thing to come up and over. Corey Eubanks did that. Nobody had ever flipped a bus before, so that was... Well, they pretty, have now. Yeah, it was pretty hardcore, and it was awesome. That's crazy. And, I mean, I guess you're having to do a lot of math to try to figure all that out, too, Well, yeah, right? that's when you have, you have a good special effects team that comes okay. in and, you know, rigs the cars and does everything, and there's a good communication. So, you know, it's all about all the departments kind of getting together and brainstorming, like, what the best way to do it is. So what's your area of specialty when it comes to stunts? Would you say that you have an area of specialty? Is it fire? Is it fist I, fights I or cars? Lot, I, I do a lot of fight stuff, a lot of cars cars, and some motorcycle stuff. So those, some those motorcycle are, Yeah, those are kind of three. I did some of the Sundance Varanicki stuff and just did the road, some of the motorcycles on the uh, pilot for Mayans, which uh. is a spinoff of all the uh, Mexican gangs that hopefully will get picked up. When... Uh, a long time ago, I one of the first few 
PA jobs I had was working on the movie Torque. I don't know if you okay. remember that yeah, motorcycle yeah, yeah. movie. Yeah. And I was on set and uh, watching some of the you know the lead actors. Of course, they were all doubled the entire time. Yeah. And uh, they were they would have to take these turns real wide, and we were always kind of like, "Oh, these guys don't know how to ride." Yeah. And a couple of them would start showing off, and they would you know just drop their bikes. But then the guys that really knew what they were doing would come in, and they were I mean they were motorcycle specialists, yeah. and you'd see these guys jump off the bike and literally like ski behind the bike with both hands. Their, their, their feet are on the ground being dragged by their bike. And then they jump up free in the air of the bike and they land back on. It was crazy watching these people yeah. do some of the stunt work where they're, there's no one on the bike. They're basically ghosting the bike yeah. and skiing behind it. Well, now with, you know, X games and everything, everything's right. gone up a level. Yeah. You know, it's, 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 there's so many talented people out there that come from out of nowhere. I mean, you search YouTube and you find stuff. It's like, okay, so this kid in, you know, Wyoming, just that's all he does all day. Right. You know, and proficient in this one thing and like extremely proficient. And smoking a lot of weed. Yeah. Oh, I'm um, sure he is. Yeah, <laughs> sure. Wow, that was interesting. Yeah. yeah. Anything you want to ask? I Aaron? just want to say too that your our guest is, um, like we said, is also a bodyguard. Sliced yes. alone, Sandra Bullock. Yes, this our, our guest is the real deal. <laughs> this guy, this guy is the real deal. It's been. Fun. Let's pick a fight with him. See what yeah. happens. Uh, yeah. All right. Well, uh, now that we've got that out of the way, I guess we need to talk about who died this week, huh? Ah, watch the guest is going to look at me like I'm very strange right now, <laughs> like he's been looking at yeah, you the yeah. entire show. And now the moment we have to say the following people passed away. Got to tell you, unfortunately, we must. The following people have turned to dust. So, Eddie, what we try to do every week is we try to uh, just pay homage to people who've passed throughout the week and uh, just give them a little moment in the sun before the before it's their last moment in the sun before we have to put dirt on their coffin, I suppose. Yeah, well, well said. Thank you. It could have been a lot more poetic. Yeah, well, yeah, why? All right, so who died this week? We miss the following people have left us, including a few notables. Mm. Not to say everyone is not notable in their own way. But some names will be a lot more familiar than others. Uh, Abdul Razak, 75, a Bangladesh actor. And he happened to win the, the Bangladesh National Film Award for Best Actor. He was the winner of that. We lost also a, um, who was 75. You follow the Bangladesh Awards, right? Oh, yeah. What, what's the opening ceremony? How does the music go? <laughs> That's culturally insensitive, isn't it? Very, yeah, yeah. Uh, also, he he was 75, 73 years old, Alan uh, Berberian, a French film director and a writer. Viola Harris, 91, American actress, and she was in Woody Allen's uh, Deconstructing Harry. She was also in Sex and the City, part two. We also lost Jay Thomas, who was just 69 years old. He was living right here in, in Sherman Oaks and, and passed away. Even though people associate him, obviously, with television, especially radio, he had that very popular radio show. And, of course, he was uh, associated with Cheers and especially Murphy Brown. Uh, but I forgot, Robert, that he was also in Mr. Holland's Opus and uh, yeah. played the Easter Bunny. He was in Santa Claus 2, Santa Claus 3. And this, again, is shifting gears to television, but it was a ritual, you guys, that on the David Letterman show, 
in December, right around Christmas time, he would always be on the show and tell this one joke about how he met Roger Moore, the Lone Ranger. <laughs> and I, it's hysterical. It's hysterical. I remember listening what to it. What was the joke? I don't remember, but I remember laughing. I remember laughing. And the way he would tell it was just so, in that deadpan way of his, um, he is gone. So he told the same story every time he was on the show? Yeah, it was a ritual. Yeah, a, Chris, a Christmas ritual of Dave's. Also, uh, Alan Root, 80 years old, British-born uh, Kenyan uh, a filmmaker, documentaries uh, about nature and work for National Geographic. He left us. And Toby Hooper, 74 years old, American film director, associated with the horror flicks, of course, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Poltergeist. I forgot he directed Salem's Lot. Yeah. He did, he did that as well. You so, know, the, the cool part about um, about Texas Chainsaw Massacre that a lot of people, I don't know, we studied it a lot in film school. The original. Yeah, the original. The, the famous hook scene where he grabs the girl and puts her on the meat hook. Do you remember this scene? He kind of lifts the, you know, Leatherface grabs the girl and sticks her on the meat hook. And what's really interesting is uh, if you study the, the psychology of, of people, of audiences, they will swear that they can see the hook burst through her body, but you actually never see anybody get penetrated by the hook. It's all done in the editing and it's all done through close-ups and things like that but if you it, people will remember the scene differently just because of the combination of all the other shots i always thought that was really interesting yeah. it was, it's very cleverly put together especially that sequence maybe the mind fills in the gaps. that's exactly what it is yeah. the mind fills in the gaps i want to mention to you what ridley scott said uh, he stated that uh, toby hooper's work was um on alien was influenced um by texas chainsaw massacre more texas you mean Cha i flipped it yeah. texas chainsaw massacre influenced Ridley go. Scott's uh, Alien more than any other B-level genre product, which is quite a compliment to Toby, so he's gone. And we lost uh, Kirk Douglas. He passed away. Kirk Douglas died? Yeah. Mm. yeah. Whatever. Okay, well, so moving on. <laughs> oh, my right, gosh. Yeah, whatever. Oh, yeah, legend. Okay. Uh, also, we want to broaden our definition of death, the death corner, death of a marriage or any relationship, any mm -hmm. famous divorces or couples that are splitting up. Any coming to mind? None are coming to my mind, gentlemen. Just this podcast. <laughs> Just this podcast. And finally, death of a career. If anyone has any suggestions for actors who made bad choices, who really fucked up their career, mm. let us hear from you. You know what's interesting? Now, we, we were talking about uh, Mickey Rourke earlier, yeah. which you know many people yeah. said that his career was dead yeah. for a long time. And then the, the wrestler, the, oh my gosh, did you see this? The yeah, movie yeah, I never saw movie. the wrestler. It's a great movie. It's it's one of my favorite yeah. movies. It's phenomenal. Yeah, and I, did a great I, job. I I think those kind of those kind of situations where you have someone who essentially has a dead career and then they are able to revive it. What what do we call that? We call that like a zombie career or something where you're you're back to life again and just breathing that new life. Those are so interesting to me. Those films, those projects that really bring people out of like like a phoenix from the ashes. It's you know what John I mean? John Travolta twice, right? Yeah. Yeah. Twice. It's a, it's a testament, I think, to directors that take the time to find people. Sure. And say, this is who I want. I think you'd be great at it. You know? I think, and, and taking a risk on someone that I most people would say, oh, that's box office yeah. poison. But going, no, no, no. This person has chops. They can they can do this. Mickey's always been a great actor. So, yeah. Oh, know, yeah. It, it's he's done some great movies and just. You know, had career choices that just weren't. He's, I, you know, he's one of those people who's always looking for interesting things. And I think certain actors get bored because they can't find anything that, that really, you know, agents and managers pigeonhole mm -hmm. you into something and start giving you the same character and over and over. Mm. And some people feel like, yeah, I'm just making money. Fuck it. 
and yeah. other you know people that have really worked at their craft and their tasks take it too personally and it's like i want to be challenged and when they're not challenged they kind of give up yeah I, they don't, I and then it, it, they have to almost hit rock bottom to feel challenged again and I, I feel like he's been one of those people he's so talented he's got so much going on that he wants to be challenged and he just doesn't feel like he is do you know you worked with him yes and then you also worked with stallone yes did you work on the expendables no no i, I worked uh, as a bodyguard when, when he was doing rocky five hmm yeah so. i figured they probably would have brought you in to do some stunt work or something for that no i was i was i forgot i was working on something else and you know it just didn't pan out hmm. I, I think i was here doing something i remember because somebody called me and i was like yeah i'm doing something else and also, he likes people that are taller than him, so a lot of the bad guys are taller. So there's, you know, a, a variation of things. I would think that he would want people who are shorter than him. That way, he looks taller. Yeah, well, a lot of times on the action films, if you watch, always the bad guys are taller than, you know, the actual actor. Where that's that's where it's getting tough right now because you have something you haven't had in a long time, like Chris Helmsworth and those guys. They're six feet something. Yeah. So to get bad guys, you need six foot six, six foot seven. I guess I'm, I've got a bad guy career cut out for yeah, me. Yeah, there you go. And that, that's, you know, there's, there's, we're all average height and the big guys are coming along. I, so. I, I just got to start working out. I'll work yeah. on my mischievous looks. Oh, no, you got that down. <laughs> <laughs> the working out, you mean, right? <laughs> all right. Well, something else that we do, yeah. Eddie, every yeah. week when we talk about uh, the movies that we've seen throughout the week. I don't know if sure. you've seen any movies this week, but uh, we're going to hear a quick little poem <clears throat> Eddie, from Ira. Eddie, and then you're really going to like this. Okay, you're going to like this. Other movies we've seen during the last seven days, some are stinkers, some we want to praise. Some are old, some are new. We now present The Week in Review. All right. So, Eddie, did you see any movies this week? Um, I actually did. I'm trying to remember... Uh, What's it called? Death Note. It was on. Netflix. Oh, is this the Netflix? Yeah, I, I've seen the trailer store. I haven't seen the uh, actual thing yet. Is yeah, it any good? It was good. It was, it was interesting. Huh. It was different. And yeah, I kind of I didn't know what to expect, so I kind of was like, last night I was like, oh, this looks cool. I like horror, and so I watched it, and I was like, okay, it was it was interesting take. What was uh, what were some of the better parts of it? Uh, I like the storyline of of you know the idea of of uh the devil kind of making a deal with the kid mm. and, you know had a demons and it was it was it was kind of like a teen horror that had some a little bit more of a thought process to it and you know then there wants to be a twist with the girlfriend and it was just kind of like okay this is not as predictable as i thought it was going to be hmm. you know it's just like sometimes you look at it and go okay i know what's coming mm. it's like oh shit i was wrong fuck i hate that <laughs> Well, Ira, what movies did you see this week? I saw two films this week, uh, both on streaming Netflix. One is called The Silenced, and it was about an all-Asian girl boarding school. Now, wait a minute. I no, thought you were getting no, out of the soft no, core no, porn no. movies. Uh, and so I kind of, yeah, for, for a while, like BDSM or soft porn. Yeah. But all of a sudden, there it was, all-Asian school girl boarding movie. So I was, I was really happy. I'm sure you were. I missed that one. Happy old I missed that one. So he said, <laughs> and, you know, and he's like, oh, what was that right. called? Yeah. 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 I guess I, I know what I'm watching tonight when I get home. 
And the I also first saw... 15 minutes. <laughs> yeah, oh. exactly. Yeah. I did see another movie on Netflix called Night Owls. You Are you familiar with that? I don't know. Um, yeah. the, the premise is this really likable guy and he meets a hot girl and they have crazy raw animalistic sex but then he discovers that she's bent on committing suicide that night um and it it it, it premiered at south by southwest and surprisingly enough it had a, a re- rotten tomato score of 100 percent uh i didn't think it was worthy of 100 percent, but it was a nice um titillating movie. diversion a feel well, good movie yeah it's yeah. exactly what it was because actually it does even though the premise was she wants to commit, but it turns into a romantic comedy. Okay. It's one of those where... Well, remember, this... the way the scores are aggregated... Tell us that. ...for Rotten Tomatoes, it's not everyone thought that this movie right. was a perfect movie. It's do critics think that this is good or bad, and it means 100% of the critics thought this was a That's good That's a positive, movie. a thumbs up. Thumbs up or thumbs down. That's correct. Where and people think when they see that 100, oh my God, all the critics gave it 100%. No. No, that's, that's not, not the case. how it works. I know. It's so misleading. It is misleading when people get, if it gets 100%, that means everyone thought it was at least a well, good movie. Good. It was yeah. Yeah. Right, right. Those are the two films I saw this week. And you, Robert? Uh, I saw two movies. I saw a documentary on Bitcoins on Netflix this week. And that was really interesting just to kind of find more about how Bitcoins work and how they're, um, how they're, how the currency has taken over oh my God, yeah, on, on the digital event. realm of stuff and, and, and how they're regulated by the community and, and kept track of. I didn't realize that all Bitcoin transactions are recorded for everyone to see. It's a public ledger. Oh, wow. And uh, I, I learned a lot about Bitcoin this week. So See, Robert, that's the difference between us. I watched a film about an all-Asian girls boarding school yep, and, I and you watched a documentary about Bitcoins. That's it. And now you can tie them both in and have Asian girls that do Bitcoin. Yeah. I like how this guy thinks. I like how this guy thinks. Can you become a regular, please? Exactly. I was like, yeah. we, have a, we have a sequel here. You understand me. <laughs> I get it. <laughs> What's your other movie, Robert? The other movie I watched was uh, My Friend's Rubber Ducky. Now, I don't know if you know this movie well, or not, but this movie is... No. no this movie was, uh, was shot by the director of photography for our movie, Ira, and this is by Dan Fisher. Dan Fisher. So he, um, when he shot our movie, I don't know if you know this, but he had one day off before he started shooting our film. That's right. And that was this was the, the movie. The job he was working right before was this movie. And uh, I had talked to him last night, and he was uh, kind of talking about. It. I said, "Oh shit, I forgot that I haven't seen that movie." So I watched it, and it was good. Um, there were it was definitely low budget, and there there were definitely some problems with it. I would say the same about our movie. I think is that it's low budget, but there's there's some problems. But it's got heart, and there's uh, there's some. I hear the cinematography was quite mediocre. In our movie, <laughs> no, it's fucking awesome. I'm just kidding, Dan Fisher. All right, uh, but it, it's about this guy who's uh, whose old college partner in film school still owes him five thousand dollars, and he just. Uh, he's he's it's a stoner comedy and he's very into to smoking weed now and he's very kind of zen and uh and into this kind of buddhist peace movement and the guy comes over and he just loses his shit and uh beats him up and locks him in a closet and tries to basically extort the money out of him and says i'm not gonna feed you or uh give you give you food or let you shit or let you piss until you pay me my money and they periodically every day take him to the the ATM to get money out. It's kind of interesting. Yes. Good premise. (laughs) Odd stoner movie. Yeah, yeah. 
Dan Fisher, our cinematographer. There you go. Yeah. Bad weed. <laughs> <laughs> Or maybe really good weed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. All right, well, let's talk about the Hitman's Bodyguard. So, <sighs> Hitman's Bodyguard. Can't we just go straight to the top five? Let's go to the top uh, five. Okay. Yeah. And right. here we go. Yeah. So, Robert, you do a great job of talking us through the beats, the story beats. Okay, I'll try to do it fairly quickly. Hitman's Bodyguard starts Ryan Reynolds and uh, Samuel L. Jackson. Ryan Reynolds is a triple a rated executive <laughs> right. bodyguard which was mentioned several times throughout the movie and he's kind of had this fall from grace and he's trying to get back into the game of protecting people he's the best bodyguard and at the same time samuel jackson is needed to testify at the hague for the interpol and he's trying to bring down gary oldman's character he's the only witness left all these witnesses have uh, who have tried to have, have threatened to testify end up mysteriously dead so we've got to get this hitman samuel jackson to the hague in in time for the uh the big trial and there's all sorts of corruption and the only person who anyone trusts is ryan reynolds character to take samuel jackson to the hague and of course the bad guys are always one step behind it's kind of a road movie in a way and there's a lot of a lot of action scenes, a lot of stunts, and hey, we have a yeah, stuntman hey, here. Matching that. All right. Well, let's open up discussion. What do you guys think? Um, I, I mean, the action stuff was flawless, so that was really well done. Uh, I, I felt it was a little sticky, but the storyline is that what you mean? No, or just the... some of the comedy was like a little. A little sometimes it was wah, a little wah, bit, wah. yeah, a little wah, 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 too much. But overall, I mean, it's enjoyable if you just go for a ride. Yeah. You know, I mean, the, the, the tight. You know, shots sometimes were a little bit disorienting, but you know, overall, it's a fun movie. I mean, if you go, you know, expecting nothing, and you know, Sam and Ryan are always funny. So I yeah, I mean, you well know what together. you're going to get with both yeah, of them, yeah, right? Yeah, exactly. Now, we've kind of dedicated this whole show to stunt work. I mean, yeah. this is even our top five is our top five stunts in yeah, films. Yeah. So uh, let's begin with that. Now, you said the stunt work was flawless. What jumps out at you as being some of the best stunt work in this movie? Uh, the uh, when they capture him at first, when they capture Ryan when they, or uh, when they, Sam, Sam and Jackson, when they get okay, Sam and, and the bus flip over in the shootout. It was just you know. It, it, so as the, they're as they're driving down in, the, in this caravan, yeah, and they and they explode the first they explode car, the first car, and them. they have to get Samuel and Jackson. And then the out. bus the bus traps him in. It's it was just it was well done in that. People don't realize sometimes that there's there's a logic to the stunts and and uh, we we do something known as uh, you know said so don't have any egg on your face like don't be there so waiting, so you know sometimes mm. you turn around and see a guy standing there like uh, oh I should go now right and there was none of that and you know it, it moved quickly and it's you know it's high paced and edited really fast and, yeah you know the tight shots and everything like I said disorient and they had some great shots. All the stuff through the mirror, through the uh, front windshield, the shooting and everything. Sure. Like I said, I mean, it was well thought out. What it, did you think of the uh, the boat chase? Boat chase was great. I mean, that's what I mean. Between that and the motorcycle. Yeah. It, it was a great... They used they used everything well. Okay. Like, you know, it was, of course, just suspending logic. Mm -hmm. But it was suspended well. I was like, that could almost happen. You know, it was all done practically. There wasn't a lot of CG in there. So a lot of it was practical, which is different for a change because a lot of stuff is done yeah. with CG. I mean, some of it, I'm sure, was CG enhanced. 
looked like some of the firing might have been and some of the fire stuff was. Right, with the explosions right yeah. behind Samuel Jackson. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Which, and the helicopter goes down. You can, yeah, of course. But but of course, you don't want to blow Samuel L. Jackson. Yeah, you don't want to. Although don't maybe want to I could argue you'd sell after. a few more tickets if this was Samuel L. Jackson's last movie. Yeah, you know? yeah, of course. But, you know, yeah, it was, you know, I was pleasantly surprised. Okay. And there was a hell of a lot of action in it. Yeah, there was. Like, I was like, okay, wow, this is a lot. Ira, you're quiet over there. What do you think? I am. And you could tell from my body language, too, during the movie, more than once I leaned over and I, I, I looked you at you guys. You gave me the look. I did give you the look. And it was, parts were fun. Yeah, yeah. And it's a summer, it's the end of the summer movie, yeah. as the summer peaks, and we see these movies. Yeah. Um, and I know that we have a, a, um, a stunt coordinator with yes. us but after a while for me it was getting numbing yeah. that's my operative word that. yeah it that. was like that was a point where i looked at you robert like enough, enough already yeah, enough it was already. numbing and i was wondering what's bothering me about this film that i thought it could have been i'm tired of the shtick the shtick the yeah, witty banter yeah. the yeah. silliness the over-the-top cartoonish and then at times it got kind of interesting, but then it went back into the sticky pattern, and I was hoping it would be either one or the other. This could have been one it, or the other. What? What do you it, mean? It could have been a serious premise about the these two people who are on opposite sides and having to bring them in. But actually, we've seen that before too. Right. We've seen that a lot. We saw that in. I'm thinking about movies like Mr. and Mrs. Smith, which was done better and more stylish. I'm thinking about there was a movie with Charles Grodin. You remember Charles Grodin, yeah. and who's I think underrated, and uh, Robert De Niro. Oh, the, a, oh, the yeah. Midnight No. Yes, yeah, Midnight, midnight run? run. Midnight Run. Midnight Run. run. Yeah, with the road trip. Yes, a really similar. I was about premise. to say Midnight Express. No, yeah. no, 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 no. Yeah, the Turkey with the Train. Yeah, right. Exactly. I know the drugs, but um, there the were Turkey these... with the Train and the drugs. <laughs> yeah. that's, your, oh, you that's your wrap up. Is a good yeah, summation. Yeah. People are going to think you're talking about an actual animal on Thanksgiving. They're going to have a feast, so they want turkey. Yeah, go down to the pharmacy get trade drugs. with drugs get some yeah and there was heroin involved too that's yeah, so funny i used those three yeah. operative words to, yeah. Des- yeah. to describe a oh, riveting Billy. disturbing movie that's very very funny but with uh, charles groden and and yes it was midnight run yeah. which was just smarter and it was more fun i was think kept on thinking about neil simon who did those barefoot in the park things and there were really all of his plays were about two people who bantered came on edge each other and they really liked each other deep down but they couldn't acknowledge it and it's that whole love-hate shtick and I thought this movie would play better if it was all one way or all the other instead of going back and forth yes the special effects were the the set pieces there were like a half a dozen set pieces in this film I was starting to check out I was I was just starting to check not another one oh now the boats yeah Oh, God, now there's the truck with a bomb. Oi, enough already. Now, let me ask you a question. Yeah. Do you think that the on-again, off-again between the the relationship between Ryan Reynolds and Samuel Jackson, do you think it would have been there had they not been interracial? I mean, if they had both been black, do you think you would have gotten that? Or if they'd both been white, you would have gotten that? Do you think race played a part? I think the black-white dynamic probably added, the black-white dynamic added to it and made it even better i think i I think everybody's trying everybody's trying to find rush hour again that's exactly you know that's exactly trying to find rush hour and that chemistry works so well because it was so natural between the two of them yeah that i think people are trying to find that again that 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 those two partners that you know will carry a sequel for three or four movies and they've tried it and it's it's just a chemistry thing 
and those guys are both fantastic and great and what, together. Especially what they do, too. At what they do, but it, it's it's kind of like that movie lends itself to something. You know, Jackie's got a certain charisma, and Chris Tucker had a certain... It, there was His such style a, and bravado. Yeah, there's such a difference between the two styles that you, you have to have the straight man, and this one didn't have the straight man. Mm. They were both comedically yeah. well. There was one. There wasn't the one guy. That's exactly it. You know, you need the straight man. Yeah, one guy's got to be the straight man. In the first third of the film, when they were both in the car together yeah. and the tension, and then um, Samuel breaks into that song, yeah. and then Ryan breaks, and they start doing a yeah. duet. And I think you laughed. Yeah. I, 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 I laughed just laughed. because of the choice of song. Yeah. I know, just but the Ace of Base. But and in I whose can't reality that. is this? In whose reality where this would never happen? Yeah. I could see it happening, but then they they would both laugh. Well, we, we were just, yeah. Uh, yeah we were talking about earlier Jerry Lewis. You know, going back to that. There you go. You always had the straight man. You had the one guy that did the comedy and the one guy. That they, did were the straight. Yeah. they were both shtick. Yeah, there was shtick. no one to do the. Straight. You have to have the one guy, but when they're both doing it, you kind of you have nowhere to go. You just go, oh, okay. They're both being funny. I, I yeah, they're funny, but you know, it's it's almost like having the three stooges somebody's got to smack somebody smack them around right. that's it it's like please somebody fucking hit somebody really good at it yeah, yeah yeah robert your take i like this movie but i think everything that we've said is absolutely yeah, yeah. true um i i possess the ability to I, I can watch really highbrow stuff yeah and then these kind of movies yeah he likes s- fist fight i i do i like <laughs> he liked fist fight I liked the last fight at the end. I thought it was funny. Oh, when they formed a circle around <laughs> yeah, they them. Yeah, the circle. Yeah, I, I kind of liked it. I, these kind of movies, I can, I can suspend my disbelief and just check out and go, all right, let's. right, I'm in. I also like Ryan Reynolds and, um, and Samuel L. Jackson. Like, I, I, I don't think they have the same kind of chemistry of what That's you're what talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah. But I, I can handle watching these two on screen for a little while. And I, I thought it was a good movie. I'm glad it got made. I really, yeah. I love stunt work. I think stunts yeah, no, are it's, it's, so it's, interesting. It's fantastically done. And I like, I like, you know, it's an escape. If you want a movie to escape and just have some time to watch shit blow up and you want to get away from your day. Yeah. It's super well done. And, you know, the boat chase is great. The motorcycle stuff. I mean, everybody there was just did a great job. Well, unless it has Catholic schoolgirls, then yeah. Ira's not into it. Did you True. see Battle Royale, True. Ira? Yeah. Oh my God, Battle Royale. There you go. Are That's what you need to see. Yeah. yeah. There yeah. are. Yeah. yeah. They. Wait. And it's an action movie. Action movie. Yeah. It was either you or my buddy Eric who turned me on to it. Yes, I did watch it. Mm-hmm. I yeah, did. And they did a second one too. I think they, they did. Yeah, there's they a sequel. Did, yeah. yeah All right. I'm going home. I think there might even be a part yeah. three. Yeah. Oh yes, man, my week is I, set. I, you I know, know what I'm going to have next week for my weekend review? Battle Royale one, two, and three. Well. All right, what else? Anything else about this movie in particular? No. Nothing, I, apparently. I, 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 yeah, I, I, it's, it's just, yeah. I, I checked out. I did. Yeah. I, I checked out and I found and it I, numbing. I, I mean, being a New Yorker and I love to curse, there was just one too many fuck in there. There really, isn't that interesting coming from you and I had the yeah, same reaction. Yeah, I'm okay I don't with think it. you did, Robert. No, Look at your body no, language. No, no. There were a lot of fucks. A it's lot like, of it's motherfuckers. Like, it's like, yeah, it's like, okay, we're trying it's to, like are we trying to do a Quentin Tarantino movie? Yeah. Yeah. But I like that they at least acknowledged Sam. it. Yeah, but he yeah. says, yeah. the guy almost ruined the word motherfucker. Do yeah. you know how yeah, hard no, that I know. is? That's I know. I was great. That was cool. That, that kind of saved it. Yeah. We just said that. I also think, I don't know, there were there were a few lines that I actually caught myself legitimately laughing oh, no. out loud. Yeah, going, funny. And me too. Yeah, I heard but you But that does not a film make. Yeah, I agree. That does not a film make. But there was there were two points where I did laugh out loud. Do you remember the line where you laughed? I'm trying to remember. I don't know. Uh, 
I, no, I can't. But there were two things that were laugh out loud funny. Yeah, Agreed. there were two or three. That, yeah. For me. Oh, yeah. That's what I mean. You know, it, it was paced out where you laughed through it. Right. Which was cool. And, you know, like I said, it was uh, a lot of action. It's, it's an action movie. It's I like the flashback movie. how yeah. Samuel Jackson met his woman. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that was obviously it's done funny. with a wink. It was obviously with a bar fight. Yeah. And the music. The, the oh, music, music was so over the top with a, yeah. with a bottle hitting it over and taking right. a swig and then yeah. using that to... To punch into his cut his jugular yeah yeah i remember the part that i laughed what was out loud it? what was it that i thought was probably the funniest part in the whole movie was when the agent the female agent that's in charge of getting samuel jackson to the trial she calls ryan reynolds it's her ex-boyfriend and his phone rings and oh yeah her, her name on the phone Listen. says pure evil yeah, and i was like funny. that was that's great, great. Yeah. That, yeah. that's such a cute absolutely little, and it fits with his character and just his whole Ryan Reynolds style. I could see yeah. Ryan Reynolds actually having somebody's name stapled in his phone as pure yeah. evil. Yeah. That's great. And so that it was just done so effortlessly that I that's what really brought me in. But you know what's funny is that's the kind of humor that I really like as opposed to uh, getting in the getting in the the van with all of these nuns. And that just felt I, yeah, forced. Kind of, I yeah, hate that's that. What I'm saying. that, that. Yeah, there were certain moments where it's like, I know you're trying to get a laugh out of me, but you didn't really need to. I'm already, I'm already invested. I'm laughing. Yeah, these guys are making me laugh. Don't. It was yeah. so manipulative yeah. that moment, the bus with all the nuns. Yeah, I feel like that's the kind of thing that, as they're writing it, they're going, "Oh, that'll be hilarious!" And then you, you get it, and you're like, "Well, that's 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 not working." But we see that with Sidney Portier. You know what I'm talking? No, you don't know. Lilies of the Field. Oh, oh yeah, where he's yeah, like building the. Amen, amen, amen. Right, right. Uh, Did you see that movie? Yeah. Which it's where he helps he me the build the church, yeah. right? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. God, it's been a long time, but yeah. He won the Oscar for that. Oh, did yeah. he? Mm-hmm. Best support, best actor. Hmm. Yeah. Um. All right. Well, one the, of the things that we do, Eddie, is we talk. I mean, the name of the podcast is Money Shot, right. and so what we want to do is we want to try to figure out. If you look back at this movie a year, five years from now, what will be the shot that you remember from this movie? Are there any visual? I'll let you think about it while yeah. we mm. kind of discuss. Mm. I know one of my money shots, I actually have two money shots for this movie. Things, little snippets that I know I'm going to remember about this movie. Ira, do you have any? Do you want I do. Okay. I do. Besides money shot number one, the ending credits, because that meant the movie was over. Yeah. Ah. <laughs> Uh, when Gary Oldman is at the top of the roof oh. and gives this incredibly philosophical, poetic spiel about <laughs> you're just like me, you're evil. And then, and Ryan had this great line about, no, actually, Samuel, Samuel Jackson. Jackson had this great line about, no, that's not it. With the, you killed my body. You fucking killed my bodyguard and throws him over the ledge. But it was so simplistic after hearing Gary Oldman go on about, we're made of the same stuff, you and I. You don't know. Oh, yo, you killed my bodyguard. Boom, and off he went. You I know, thought that was... A- if this was the 80s, he would have come back to life after he landed right. in that car. You're right. It'd be a sequel. <laughs> yeah, he'd, he'd come out. I'm, I'm missing those moments where the dead guy dies but doesn't truly die. Yeah, yeah. I'm missing those. It's like Carrie with a hand coming up out of the grave. Oh, yeah, right? Yeah, 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 yeah the... Uh, was it? trying to think of the movies that uh, uh die hard oh yeah yeah, yeah. oh they did the that guy's a lot dead. yeah they and did the that guy, a lot. guy fires and he throws him out the window and right, shoots him right. yeah, yeah okay eddie does anything pop out at you yeah actually one shot that i really uh was interesting was when uh samuel stops short and ryan comes out through the windshield 
Yeah. And lands and flips. That was actually a really fucking cool shot and well yeah. done. I was like, oh, fuck. Okay, that was cool. And I like that the car chase continued with this giant hole in the, yeah. Uh, yeah. In the, 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 the windscreen. Windshield. Yeah, windscreen. I'm, I'm assuming that also that probably helps disguise your stunt driver, you know, because the, the, the break of the, the hole kind of looked like it covered up who the driver was. Yeah, it covered was. up who it was, and it also makes it a little harder to see. But, yeah, I mean, overall it was pretty cool. Um, the cat meow. Let's take a shot. Yeah. We have a drinking game. Yeah. So if, if anyone's listening, <laughs> uh, my my two money shots for this movie. One, I think the whole boat chase. I, I the boats always look really nice and and going down those uh an alleyway. I don't know what do you, yeah. what do you boatways, whatever you call canals, that. Yeah, canals. 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 Yeah. That's what they're called. Yeah. There you go. Waterways, whatever you call it. But the, that looked really nice, and I like that whole sequence. Yeah. But I think what's really going to stand out for me is the there was one character who was uh, Gary Oldman's main henchman, which was weird because he didn't really come out until late in the movie. Like he wasn't really established as being this main henchman. But um, Ryan Reynolds, when he finally kills him in the hardware store, that whole sequence it was all one big long shot. It sure looked that way, didn't it? Yeah, I'm it sure. Looked like it might have been. Big, it might have been. It might have been. There was a few, yeah, but it, but it was a good moment. It was an it incredible was. moment. The camera's yeah. going 108. I'm sorry, this is your moment. I'm taking oh, away no, from that, you. I mean, but it's all I love around. I love how the camera was doing a 180, then back over here, and what was there? The chain wrapping yeah. it around, and you know. Yeah, I like I liked the uh, you know throwing the hammer at him, yeah. and uh, you know, even taking an axe to the stomach it yeah. was but, those are really nice moments and the end moment was funny when he's like give me the gun yeah yeah, the yeah, gun. yeah 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 i was like no i was like give me the fucking gun <laughs> it actually reminded yeah. me of the famous fight scene in atomic blonde where the two were going right. at it for a very long time that's it was exactly what i was that. thinking yeah. this really long shot of uh these two characters having a long fight in a kind of confined space yeah and the boat chase with uh, raiders or lost ark type yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah for yeah. sure that's yeah. definitely what i was yeah, thinking the venice Chase yep. also reminded me of that. Yeah. Which is, was a great chase. Well, that was... Was that... That was... Not, uh, no, that was... Uh, Last Crusade. Yeah, Last Crusade. Yeah. yeah. Definitely harking back to that. But, but you know, even... It, it even had some of the uh, the Last Crusade motorcycle stuff that was That's going saying, on. Yeah, too. yeah. That's yeah. what I mean. So it was very much... Yeah. Back cool. to old school Chase. All right. Well, what kind of grade would we give this movie? I have a feeling of the three of us, I'm going to give it the lowest grade. I'm giving it a solid... A minus? <laughs> between a C and a C plus. C and, and a C plus. Again, I don't even disagree yeah. with you. No, no. That it was a summer fair, and it was parts of it were fun, but numbing. That's my operative word, C plus. You know what I like, Ira? You've become less wishy-washy. I have. I really like that you've, you've got an edge. You're not afraid to, to voice your opinion, and... And basically tell Eddie that his entire trade is, is shit. <laughs> Your community that you're uh, talking yeah. about? There's no Am I bashing the community? <laughs> no, no, not at all. You know, we, we, it's because uh, the stunt work was flawless and really well done. It's just can't make up for writing. Yeah. Yeah. Can't it all fault comes us down for to that, that right? Can't fault us for that. We just make it. Yeah. Well, what about you? What would you give the movie? I, I'd give it a B. Yeah. You know, it's, it's it, again, it, it's... It's a movie that if you want to see, you know, Sam and Ryan deliver what they do, they do, and you get to see shit blow up and done well, you just check out. It's an hour and a half of checking out, you know, if, if you're, you know, Into that. an action person, you'll love it. My scale is, I, I realize this, 
I need to adjust my scale because all I love movies. I yeah, love just yeah, watching yeah, almost too, yeah. anything. Me too. And because of that, I don't think I hardly ever get below a B. You know, yeah. if I get down to B minus, it's like, oh yeah, my gosh. Yeah. Um, but I would give this a solid B plus in my mind. Like I, for me, if you see the poster and you, you are attracted to that poster, this movie is going to deliver what you expect. Well, yeah, it's one of the few movies. <laughs> the trailer is the movie. Yes. Like they, they don't try to manipulate into it's something else. It's like this is what you're getting. Right. And when you get there, it's like, well, we that told you, we yeah. told you that was it. Yeah. And that's rare these days because you watch trailers and go walk in the movies like. What was that? I, I, yeah, I'm confused. Was that really okay? I guess not what I paid for. <laughs> yeah. Well, hey, guess what? Two, what? But well, what? I, I have a maybe PS. we didn't finish. It's not about the movie, but the the the, the theatrical experience. Two things. Number one, well, I want to mention that there we saw a couple of interesting trailers before the film. Uh, Michael Keaton. I guess he's his career is being resurrected in American he, Assassin. Yeah. Because we've we already uh, talked. I would about argue. Other... I don't think his career has ever really died. Uh, the perception is that he got quiet for a while. No, and then I think he was doing some independent then films. After maybe, Birdman, but... you know, right. then all of a sudden yeah. he started stepping right. up again. But uh, it was good to see Michael Keaton in yet another major film. And also, uh, I didn't know that they were remaking uh, Death Wish with Bruce uh, Willis. Mm-hmm. And um, and uh, it's a spoiler, but he even did that same gesture that Charles Bronson was known for with his fingers and pretending right. as if a gun. And that was the last scene of one of the early Death Wish movies where Charles right. Bronson does that. Like, oh, it continues. So that put that in the trailers. I wonder if they're to trying the original. to bring back. I mean, if they're going to be doing a bunch of these, probably. I'm so, sure they will. Probably. Yeah, and, yeah. And it was yeah. interesting that they, you know, the trailer had Bruce Willis doing his comedic self and not trying to do the Charles Bronson you know just broody type you know that they kind of mixed it up a little right. put a little humor right. into it because I think to a do, little bit to do those movies again would be painful I don't agreed know they'd work well agreed yeah. yeah I want to mention one more thing about our theatrical going experience um this was a relatively high-end theater. It was the Arclight. Granted, we were not there on a Friday, Saturday, or even a Sunday. It was yeah. a Thursday night. place is empty. The last few times we've gone to see films, the theaters are virtually empty. Uh, what's going on? Are people still going to movie theaters? Are theaters going to go away? And are all films going to be streamed into our living room? I think it's just empty because it's a Monday night, and it's also the end of the summer. Okay, it's yeah. Monday. Why did I say it's, yeah, I've never, it's Monday? I've never been there where it's been that quiet. I was kind of taken back a little because I, I guess maybe I go there for events when people are doing Q&As and stuff, so it's a little bit more crowded. I've never gone right. just on a regular Monday night. I was like, oh, wow, it's like a ghost town in here. Yeah. And it, I'm, I'm the, not used to that. The last few times that we've gone to see a, is virtually empty. Yeah. Um, our... Are motion picture theaters going to be uh, passe? No. Think of the, no? Absolutely not. Mm. I don't think so. I hope not. I hope not. It's a communal experience. Yeah. It, there, I mean, home theaters have already progressed to the point where if you want to watch movies that way, you can do that. I mean, there's movies are being released day and date, so they'll be released in the theater and on demand or you know, some even on DVD at the same time. A lot of movies are doing that. And even if you don't like that, if you want to wait, to, to see a new release, you only have to wait a few weeks now. That's also it pricing. Out. Right. You know, when you're paying 17 bucks for a movie, you have a family of sure. four, you're, you're going in pretty heavy. Yeah. For a movie. You, and you and that to, makes sense. You're going to have to choose what movies you want to go see with your family. 
and you might as well wait if you own if you have Netflix or whatever. You might as well wait and stream it. Sure, and that that makes sense. But I home. don't I don't think it's going to go away. No, it's no. too much a fabric of our culture. But are the theaters making a profit? There was a lot of support staff, a lot of personnel, a lot of uh, ushers around, and so on. Sitting around, doing I just nothing. had a yeah. feeling they were losing money. That the owner of that place was losing money. Yeah, but I don't think so. I mean, the tickets are getting. The tickets are expensive, yeah, and so are the concessions. You know, somebody right. buys a popcorn, right. and I mean, the three of us all—we didn't buy popcorn or drinks yeah. or anything tonight, but we did all get tickets to the movie. And you know, you most people are going to buy some sort of drink or something. Well, like what that. is it? That, what is it? I, I forgot what the sliding scale is, but it's like the first weekend, the studios make more money, and as it goes on, the theater makes more. So that's why everyone's so big on the opening weekends because right. that's when they make their money. Right. So I, I kind of like the fact that hopefully people go see the movie week two and week three so mm-hmm. the theaters make the money and not the uh, people that are overspending. Yeah. Well, yeah. so I there, just wanted to share answer. that observation yeah. with you. Right. Yeah, that yeah. no, was interesting. Well, hey, let's talk about some top fives, shall oh. we? Hey, Eddie, yeah. you're going to like this. Okay. No, you're not. No. At, Robert, <laughs> and now wipe off that frown as we present our this countdown. This frown is permanent. Hey, 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 excuse me. Go ahead. I'm going to start at the beginning. And now wipe off that frown. This frown is going to be amazing. Robert, Robert, Robert if what? you keep that up. It's <laughs> <laughs> the third time, Robert. Don't be obnoxious. And now wipe off that frown as we present our countdown. We ain't joshing. This ain't no jive. Time to give a listen to our top five. <laughs> There you go. <laughs> so poetic. I feel like we should be snapping. I know. I know. All right. Crazy. Well, our top five this week is top five stunts okay. of all time. So, wow. Eddie, I'm, I'm very interested in what yeah. yours yeah. is going to be. Um, now, who should go first? Do you want to go first, I think Ira? Or I'll, Eddie? I'll, I'll let you guys go first. How's that? Ira, why don't you go first? Yeah, all right. Let's talk about this. Once again, I like to define definitions, and I'm also wondering if CGI should be included in this. We're going to blue screen. If you screen. say anything from Toy Story, I'm going to punch you. Well, I'm also just throw up my list then. Because I, <laughs> I had Story Story 3, 2, and then 1. Well, oh. uh, also, Eddie, we should mention that we have bonus ones not in our okay. top five. They're called okay. scoops of ice cream, but we'll say those okay. at the end. Okay. And these might be specific stunts or even perhaps a, a segment a segment in a film. Sure. Uh, for example, my number five, the chariot race in Ben Hur. Ben Hur, 1959. There were actually three Ben Hurs. This is yeah. the second one of the three. There was an I, earlier one. I thought one. there were like five Ben Hurs. Were there five? Or something I like that. Three. I yeah, thought. Three. Surprised it was only three. There were 15,000 extras, and uh, the scene went on for a long time. It took weeks to shoot, and it was a, I saw that movie in the theater when it first came out mm-hmm. with the chariots and Charlton Heston, and um, it's a hell of a, a sequence, a hell of a scene, the entire chariot race in the 1959 Ben-Hur. No, wasn't nice. that like shot in Culver City? It was a shot yeah, in Culver City? Yeah, I think so, because at the time, Fox was Culver City. That's right. Before they yeah. went out of business yeah. for... Cleopatra and had to sell all the land. That's right. So that's right. Yeah, that was that whole area there. I remember hearing that. I heard that they just found a lot of the old um, not sec- not Culver City, Century City actually. Uh, when they shot Cleopatra, you Century know, City, they yeah, Century took City. A, they took a lot of stuff out there to the desert and um, up here in, in California. And then when they were done, Cecil, Bull, Cecil B. DeMille said that they would bring all the stuff back. And they didn't. It was too expensive. So they, they just said, cover it up with sand. And they just covered up all these 
movie props of of Cleopatra, like ancient Egypt, and I guess it's still there. It's still there, and people are going out now and basically treating it like uh, an archaeological dig, and they're pulling up all these pyramids and shit like that. Archaeologists think it's the real thing. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, yeah, they think yeah, yeah. Egyptians really came here. No, they no. they know what it is, but they're they're using some of the um, movie notes to figure out where certain. Uh, items are located so they can pull that's out that's real these. interesting that also reminds me too that in the um in, in in the fugitive the famous train crash in the first third of the film mm-hmm. they left it there they left those trains there an actual <laughs> crash and people go there and just look at that's where they shot it and it was too expensive to clean it all out it's still there oh that's you're, so you're, funny yeah i didn't know that yeah mm-hmm. movie litter yep there are pictures of it online okay robert Number five. My number five is a movie from 1939, and I haven't seen it forever, but I <coughs> remember the stunt very vividly when I saw it. Uh, it's a movie that. Oh, no, no, I said it. Oh, this is interesting. Uh, well, first of all, we should explain to Eddie what the fuck we're doing, <laughs> and then we'll talk about who won. Explain uh, it. You both scared me for a second. There. I was like, "What so, is about to happen?" And the cat just jumped. <laughs> the cat is running around the house. Cat's like, "What the fuck? Get me out of here!" So, Eddie, we have a uh, we have an ongoing bet. This is so homoerotic. <laughs> Anytime there's a siren outside. The first person to call the other person out, the, the loser has to take off some clothes. Oh, okay. It's it's like strip siren. Okay. And uh, we just heard a siren outside. and It was real close to a tie. I think actually you beat me by a fraction of a oh, second. Fuck, I don't want to see your dick. He just, he just wants oh, to take well, his clothes I off. never bothered me. you before. Oh, by the way, Eddie, we should also acknowledge that Robert and I always sit next to each other, okay. but this time you were in the middle at the theater. Okay. We're watching the movie. Okay. So Robert and I couldn't hold hands and it's all your fault. Okay, okay. We we also should mention that we usually have sex while we're doing the podcast. This yeah. is the first time. Oh, nice. Yeah, is that cool, Eddie? Good. Yeah. Okay. So I was, I was kind of like the cookie in the middle, the filling for the Oreo cookie. I, get yeah. it. I see how that is. I see how it is. Eddie's gonna fit right yeah. in. Yeah. Uh, all that training you did on Shameless. Exactly. Is yeah. Right yeah. All those years there are just taking me to the dark side. <laughs> is that getting racial in here? Yeah, exactly. All right. So my movie is 1939's Stagecoach. And the scene where the guy jumps off the front of the stagecoach and lands on the horses. Do you remember this scene? Of course I do. Yep. And uh, when I I saw that for the first time when I was in high school, and that blew me away. I was thinking, oh my gosh, that takes some real balls to to dive like that onto those horses while it was in full gallop. And it's clearly, I mean, somebody just did the stunt and and. I don't know. I don't don't know much more about it than that, but I just remember yeah. that always standing out to me. Yeah, mine was uh, it's called movie this is called your number five, right? Yeah, this is your five. number five. My number five, yes, is it's called Meals on Wheels, and it was uh, Benny the Jet Akitas, who's from L.A., uh, okay. fought Jackie Chan, and it was one of the major. It was just such an amazing, brutal fight that many of us used as as a reference. Meals on Wheels. What yeah, year was that? Yeah. Do you know? Uh, probably eighties. I'll look it up. Yeah, but it, it, it's it's a really and uh, Sammo Hung is in it, and it was it was just eighty four. Yeah, the fights in it were just amazing for its time. It huh. was definitely something that you know I looked at and was like, holy shit! You know, these guys are just it's just killing awesome. it. Yeah, yeah, it's like something you like inspired to do well. 
Was it the whole movie, would you say? Yeah, the whole movie as a whole, but that there's one particular fight that, that they both fight that is just, hmm. you know, it's, it's epic. Okay. Ira, oh. what's your number four? My number four, Robert, is an homage to your number five. Oh. My number four is Indiana Jones. It's the, uh, the Raiders of the Lost Ark, that right. one, with a truck chase. And that was an homage to that moment in Stagecoach you're referring to about the truck being going underneath it and being dragged. Right. And uh, and I was it was very well done with the Harrison Ford. That's my number four. Okay. My number four is actually also a Jackie Chan mm-hmm. moment. Um, <laughs> it's the first time that I ever saw Jackie a Jackie Chan movie, and I in retrospect I realized that. Most everybody else had kind of, they were already aware of Jackie right, Chan, right. but it was the first time I had ever heard about him, didn't know who he was. But uh, in the 90s, there was a movie that came out called Rumble in the Bronx. And <laughs> yeah, I shot went, in Vancouver. Yeah. And I was like, was it shot in Vancouver? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> the funny in the Bronx? Part. Yeah, that's the funny part that's about funny. it. That's funny. And I remember being so blown away by some of the fight scenes when he's hit, when he's basically using a refrigerator door to beat people up. And I was going, this is great. I'm into this. And some of the, and, and I would say there's not even one sequence. It's the whole movie. He yeah. really just does kick so much ass. And some of the outtakes at the end, watching him when he broke his foot and was water skiing with a cast on while he was had a broken foot it was crazy some of the stuff he was doing yeah he's he's an amazing athlete incredible so i'm sure he's done better stunt work than in that movie but rumble in the bronx has always been one of my favorites because that's where i first learned about yeah that was was, i think one of his major intros to the american market i think so too yeah yeah that where people like oh shit who's this guy and then you go back and say oh my god look at all the movies he's done yeah that you know unless you were a chinese cinema fan you, you really didn't know who he was and clearly I wasn't. Yeah. No, no, right. but a lot of people weren't. It's, you know, I, it wasn't until I think Rush Hour that he really came into the you know mainstream. Right. That people started watching all his old stuff. Sure, like, going back and finding Oh, it. wow. Drunken Master and a yeah, lot of those yeah, early ones. Yeah. All right. All right, so what's your number four, Eddie? Uh, number four, let's see. Uh, District 13. District 13? Yeah. Okay. What's which, the stunt there? Uh, the opening chase. It was... Uh, Through the... Yeah, through the window and all that stuff. Mm. It was kind of the first time we saw parkour. Yeah. And it, it probably took, again, uh, the American cinema about two or three years to figure it out. But it was kind of a game changer. You know, I remember right. I remember seeing it. More and more in, after that. I remember <laughs> buying it as a French film. And where it, I watched it in French and didn't have subtitles. And somebody sent it to me. He's like, you got to watch this movie. I was getting people to watch it, and then two or three years later, it came out in America with subtitles, and it kind of changed the game for everybody. You know, the change, you know, James Bond started using parkour. And right. A lot of films started using that chase or trying to mimic it. So, and it, it's interesting how it's evolved now. And you it's know, part of our culture. I, one movie, you're saying that it just popped into my head that I didn't, uh, I didn't put on my list, but I yeah. thought really did some really great stunt work. Maybe I should have put on my list. Was uh, Haywire? Did you ever see Haywire? Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. And some of the uh, they do a little bit of parkour in there, and she's really great in yeah. that movie. Some of the stunts that I, I'm pretty sure she did her own stunts. I'm right. That's what I think I'd heard. Uh, I don't know about that, but right. everybody says they do. <laughs> Maybe that's the case. I, yeah, yeah. I did a stunt, therefore yeah, exactly. I do my own stunts. Exactly, exactly. All right. Maybe for our listeners, you can tell us this word parkour. Yeah, parkour is. Don't uh, act like you don't know. <laughs> <laughs> 
actually parkour was originally uh it, it was originally french military which was used to get from a to b which is now if, uh, it was like how to get efficiently from one place to another and now it's progressed in america it's known as free running and free running is basically uh an evolution of parkour which is more expressive so it's where you're jumping from yep, one stairwell to, to, to another a rooftop how I mean, to get from A to B quickly right. and efficiently. And, and just for the record, I was fully aware of okay. that term. I just want to make sure our listeners were privy to that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You have intelligent listeners. I'm sure they are. Oops. Oops. <laughs> Eddie. Yeah. What a stunt, man. What are the Why things- I ought to- I'm, I'm giving them credit. <laughs> what are the things are you fully aware of, but you're, uh, you're just going to ask for the audiences? For the audiences. All right. Because- all right. Yeah. Yeah. All right, what do you got, Ira? This is number three. I wonder if we're going to overlap. Often we overlap, but we may not overlap this time among the three of us. I don't know. It'll be interesting to see. James Bond movie, but it was uh, Casino Royale, not the first one with Woody Allen, a silly movie, but this was the um, with uh, Daniel Craig. Then everything you're about to say is discounted. If it's not Woody Allen, it doesn't count. I just wanted to clarify that there were two Casino Royales. Uh, there's James one Bond. shot where the car, the Aston Martin, Martin flips. flips over five times. Yeah, no opening. CGI. Yeah. You know this, don't you, Eddie? No, yeah. And I, I remember it when I saw the film. I was blown away by it. And after I put that on my list, I did some research about how it was shot. And it's an incredible spin. Five oh, yeah. times oh, yeah. the car he, rolls over. And you're familiar with that, huh? Oh, yeah. That was a great. Yeah, he, was, yeah. he was going fast. He was doing, I think, he, 70 mile an hour. Wow. So, yeah, it was... Impressive. Yeah. No CGI. No. Hmm. Nice. Thank you. Well, my number three, uh, my, my top three were all really hard for me to decide yeah. between. My top three, I just, man, they're really tough. Number three is a movie from 1928 starring Buster Keaton, Steamboat Bill Jr. Now, this is the very famous scene where the house falls down around Buster Keaton I, I don't know if you know about this, uh, but Buster Keaton had been told the day before that his studio was going to go bankrupt, and he was depressed and was just like, all right, I don't care if the stunt kills me or not. And a lot of the crew actually walked off because they took the front of the whole building. It was a full-on front of the building that fell, fully weighted. And if anything had gone wrong, he was dead. And, I mean, they, people were like, I'm not going to be a part of this. This is insane. And he did it, and it looks beautiful. It worked beautifully. And he doesn't even crack a smile. He, yeah. he just keeps in character the entire way. Amazing stunt. That scene is is blazoned in our brains. Right. Yeah. It's in our consciousness. Yeah. yeah. Because it was recorded yeah. on camera. Yeah. I know. Yeah. Could you... Is that even possible to do that stunt today? Logistically, I mean, it is, but well, the, the unions, the legality of it, the unions, the legality of it, yeah, you'd have to use a double. They wouldn't let you use a, a real person, or they'd comp it in. Probably comped in. I don't think they'd let a real actor do that at this Gosh. point. Gosh, could you imagine? Lawyers uh, will stop you from doing so many things now, or uh, insurance companies. You know, they charge you so much. It's and like, he was a and, big and star. Yeah, and everybody just goes, "We'll comp it in." Yeah, but in those days, it was a bit of the wild west. I know, but what I'm saying is, like, could you imagine just, okay, Tom Cruise, here we go. You like to do your own stunts, yeah. so we're going to have just stand on this X. And, by the way, don't drop character. Well, he's, he's done, you know, he's, he's been, you know, hung off the side of a plane, which is probably as equivalent <laughs> to that so in this day and age. Crazy. You know, he's definitely done some stuff that well, you go, hmm. 
But I gotta imagine that Tom Cruise is rigged into the side of the plane, right? So he's like safety wired. Yeah, yeah, and you, you know it's tested. Everything's tested, but it's still you have to give him credit for having the balls. Sure, sure. Not many people, you know, you know, Mission Impossible when he's hanging off that building yeah. in Dubai. I know many people, actors that would that would go, do that. Yeah, I'll do that. You know, they'd be like, uh, so where's the double? You do it. You know, so I give him credit in that sense that he's he needs that need for you know adrenaline and focus and he, he wants the audience to see that it's him you know that's it's working cool. out for him i guess yeah it is it is all right eddie what's your number three uh actually i was at buster keaton as well so there you have it the great oh, the train, same one great train robbery oh okay oh oh wait no you you mean the general is that the one the the gen- gra- no the, isn't the it? great train robbery was the western when no they no come yeah in. he did the, the one, general was general, the one with the, the when he train went to trains stolen. yeah yeah, yeah. And he, he broke his back Oh, I don't know if he, he did. Break he, his no, back. he did. He oh, broke his when he was okay. doing the train transfer from one to the other. Yeah, he had broken his back and didn't know it. Oh wow! And continued doing the whole movie with a broken back, and it was it was later on that he went and had an X ray, and they're like, "So you broke your back?" He goes, "Oh, I did." <laughs> and I was like, "Buster Keaton was insane." Yeah. Oh, he was. You know, I mean, everybody gives Charlie Chaplin, which I give him credit, but Buster Keaton was a whole other level. Right. I, I his agility. The same way. He was yeah. like a cat. Yeah. I the. The same way, like when I, growing up, I was always like, "Oh, Charlie Chaplin was the best." But as you start to realize, physicality wise, not just Buster that, but I always felt—I think I mentioned this once before—that I always felt Buster Keaton had more pathos, yeah, yeah than yeah, Charlie yeah, Chaplin, yeah. yeah. And what was the other guy? The uh, uh, Harold Lloyd. Harold Lloyd, Harold yeah. Lloyd was good too, yeah. but Buster Keaton. Buster Keaton was, you know, just really... almost anything. Still takes the cake in terms of stunts today, and yeah. that was oh, yeah. back in the silent era. So, how good must they have been then? Yeah. All right, Ira. What's number, number two, two? My number two. Robert, we mentioned I, in a previous podcast, I think it was one for our favorite sequels um, or franchise, and I mentioned the Mission Impossible movies, and you kind of rolled your eyes a little bit. But I got to tell you, Mission Impossible, we mentioned it just a few moments ago, Ghost Protocol, not the one with the motorcycles, but the one in the tallest building in the world in Dubai. And that's yeah. one It yeah. blows yeah. Yeah. my yeah. mind. That's yeah. fucking him. I did research on this. No CGI. Yeah. That's yeah. him. Yeah. Were there oh, yeah. safety wires? Of course yeah, there of course were. were. But having the balls to go out there like that and just with this just shimming, shimmer, shimmering, shimmy, shimmering, shimmering, shimmying. Shimmying. Well, sh- shimmying shimmering. and shimmer. Well, sh- yeah. And shuddering. Oh, brother. I'm it's an shuddering. amazing, it's an amazing balls out performance. Yeah, and the wind. And I, you know, everyone who was on the film said, you know, just when you got up there and the wind and everything, all the factors you had to deal with was impressive that he was able to do that. He sure was tested. Sure, there were wires. But still. But at the end of the day, his, you know, he was able to do that and perform. Tallest building in the world. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm, I'm sure at that point performing is not too hard because he's supposed to be scared and right so he I was mean, being what he was feeling well, right. to a point but he's also has to be a little heroic and yeah. not and his hands aren't shaking and sure, they, sure. i could see someone getting up there and like you know their whole body shaking they're like uh what what, what the fuck am i doing i'm not here? trying to discount anything from no Tom no Cruise. no I mean, no not at all i mean but you know it, there's a certain level of wow you know i step off that ledge props yeah all right no my number two is a movie from 1995 <clears throat> You know where I'm going to go with this? I don't. Oh, no. Goldeneye. Oh. The bungee jump at the very beginning. Oh. I don't know if you guys remember this or not, but I remember seeing that in theaters and just the the beauty of that stunt and uh, and, and just watching this really, really long take going, 
what's going on? Like, how, is he dead now? What's going? And then you finally kind of realize, oh, this is a, a bungee jump, and that really made a, a profound effect on me. I'm, incidentally, I remember walking out of that theater, um, and I, I had some friends that were standing in line to go in. It was a big line, long line, because it was like the new Bond movie that was coming out, and they were waiting to go in when I was coming out. And I saw them, and I turned to a friend of mine. And uh, I go, man, I can't believe they killed off James Bond. Oh, hey, guys, how's it going? And it had planted the seed in their mind that James Bond was going to die. And the entire movie, they said, well, when's he going to die? He's going to die like any minute now. And they felt like that was the best James Bond movie ever because they thought that he was going to die. I like that. Wish we kind of had that every once in a while. Yeah. Exactly. I wish James Bond would die in every other James Bond movie. It'd be kind of interesting. And they just bring him back to life. Why not? He's a fictional character. You do whatever yeah, you want. somebody else. Yeah. All right, Eddie, what's your number two? Uh, who, star- who was James Bond in that film? Which actor? That was... Uh, who was that? Uh, Pierce Brosnan. Pierce Brosnan. Yeah. That was the first Pierce Brosnan one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, number two is Umbach. Tony Jaw movie. Taiwanese oh, movie. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. The Chase. That I don't think I saw it, but I know what movie you're talking yeah, about. I'm not familiar with yeah, this. That, yeah, it was a Taiwanese movie, and he... Umbach, Umbach. Yeah, and it, yeah, oh, yeah, sorry. yeah, wrong one, but... But it kind of uh, set the tone uh, in our industry as far as the level of commitment in fights because he does the stuff he does. Is, again, he he was very much a Buster Keaton. I feel a lot of the Asian market was mimicking a lot of that. Huh. you know. And after that, the raid and everything else came sure. out because it raised a bar. So Do a lot you... of the movies I like only because it raised the bar with us. Sure. You know, in our industry and the american market was like oh why are people buying this bootleg movie we need to do it do you feel like um uh, this is kind of a loaded question but uh and so you'll be able to tell how i feel about it but i'm curious what you feel about it some of the action sequences are almost too fast and i don't know if that's stemming from bruce lee you know but he had to famously slow down his actions so that the camera could catch it yeah but uh, Jackie Chan, I think, is sometimes. And I love Jackie Chan, yeah. but sometimes it's so much action going on that it almost pulls me out, and it's it's almost like watching someone do a a, a sport of, uh, you know, just let me see, show you how fast I can yeah. move. But I don't buy that anyone would ever have that kind of realistic fight. So sometimes it bumps me from the movie in terms of storyline, but it's a, a fascinating spectacle to watch but it, it's a spectacle and also it's sped up so you don't have any dead space right because otherwise if you keep it in real time sometimes you, you you know why would you how could you fight 15 guys most people can't you'd get jumped on yeah so you you know you have great fight choreographers that choreograph it well <laughs> but you're still gonna have a dead moment here and there so it takes up that moment of waiting or anticipation it just gets you through it and it's also i think to get your you know i know for a fact it's to get your adrenaline going sure you know because you get that and then you get that moment of breathing like oh wow what the fuck just happened i guess that was cool i guess what i mean to say here's what i'm trying to say yeah uh i'm trying to form my thought as we're talking about it i like that it exists and i think it fits more with the Asian cinema. Oh, absolutely. And yeah. when American cinema tries to add it, it feels forced. Yeah. It doesn't feel yeah. realistic or natural. Like even when Statham does it, it's right. it's just a little I guess I want to pe- see people slug it out sometimes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, when I think about like the Warriors or something where there's just 
it's just straight up brawling and i kind of like that and people losing their breath and uh and and just making it a little more realistic mono imano mono mono imano yeah i mean the, the rocky moments yeah you know going back yeah. to the rocky moments of having the moment that just that pause yeah that humanistic pause that we all have nobody realistically fights that well right there's you know very few athletes UFC athletes that might, but as as a human, you know where they say I think eighty percent of fights go to the ground in the first fifteen seconds. Mm-hmm. People will fight and then tackle each other and go to the ground. So there's there's very few people that are proficient enough to that stand, stand their feet and, yeah, and stand yeah. and fight unless you're in a ring. Well, let's test it out, guys. We're gonna have a uh, a three way fight. Here we go. Yeah, naked. I was just gonna say that. I know. See. <laughs> See? <laughs> As he I holds, love the way you went. I know. Something tells I, I, me Eddie's going to be back on this show. Yeah, <laughs> as he holds my hand. Uh, you guys can't hey. That. That's, that's not your hand. <laughs> exactly. Okay. There. All right, God, he's, he's got a big finger. <laughs> that's not his finger. <laughs> that's not my finger. All right, Ira. What's your number one? Uh, earlier, I asked if we're going to have any overlapping. Well, we do. Okay. My number one, Steamboat Bill Jr. Oh, yeah? Yes. The Buster Keaton with the famous wall. And like I said, that... That image is in our brains. It's part of our our consciousness. Um, And I did research on that. And yes, it's an actual wall, even though it was just the front portion, not an entire house. But it was it weighed it weighed two tons. Obviously, it would have killed him. And um, he was distraught, as you said. Uh, There were financial things going on about ownership of the studio and stuff like that and personal issues. And it was like he almost didn't care. And the camera rolled, and like you said, after that came down, he still stayed in character. I watched that over and over again on YouTube and just kind of kept walking, just walked out of the scene. Uh, there was a nail where he was supposed to stand, mm. one nail, and he had to stand right at that nail, otherwise it would have hit him. Just the, the opening spot on that wall, what was it, like the doorway, I suppose, the doorway or window. It was a window. So that, yeah, it was yeah. a window, so it came down. And it's an incredible shot in our consciousness. Buster Keaton. One of the greatest shots in cinema history. Yeah. Truly. Yeah. 19, uh, 19 what? 1926? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you have that. 26? Yeah. It is 28. It's, it's, it's that and Chaplin on the clock. Those are like right. the two oh. iconic things of that era. You're getting to my scoop of ice cream, uh, but that's okay. Go. Yep. Uh, Actually, okay, so uh, was that it? That's my number one. Okay. Yeah. My number one is a movie that I have I don't think I've used since we said that we weren't going to uh, uh, okay so we Eddie, should explain should this Eddie. Okay. We kept using the same movies over and over and over again because we have our we have top 5s and we go oh I love this movie so we would find ways to keep working the same movie in over and over and over. I don't think I've used this movie since we made this we said mm. we're not going to use the same movie for a whole year. So once you've used it you can't keep reusing it. I'll check our archives and let All you right. know if you're still in the okay. But even if I I am reusing it, fuck off ah. cuz I stand by this movie. The Road Warrior has some really great oh, stunts. Oh, yeah. And new one or the No, the the, the second the one, Mad Max, second, 2. Mad Max 2. Okay. What? Give me that. Yeah. Say it. Oh, you want to play hardball? Yeah. Oh, go ahead. I don't want to take this away so, from you. This there's two stunts in particular in this movie that just blow me away. Uh, one is where the uh, the one of the bad guys jumps off a moving car between two the, like prisoners. There's two guys. He jumps between them. You can see the road moving underneath him and jumps onto the back of the tanker. And they're moving fast. There's no doubt about it. And the shots from overhead, you can see the whole thing play out. That takes some real balls because 
just just a slight misstep and he's brushing between two people and without a perfect grip on that ladder that dude is dead oh yeah i mean that's a for sure dead thing and i i in my mind it's got to be a bunch of outback yokels who are like yeah watch this you know and they're australian like all oh, right mike watch this something like that where they're they're they don't care they're just going for it i really like that also, there's another really great stunt, which, incidentally, Ira, is uh, I had read online. It was called the Cannonball of Death stunt. Can you believe this? That's the name of our production company is yeah. Cannonball of Death. Uh, it's this stunt where this uh, this guy is riding his motorcycle into a, a crashed car, and he's supposed to jump off his motorcycle, okay, but he yeah. leaves late yeah. and famously clips Stuffs, his legs yeah. on the car and breaks both his legs and just spins end over end. It's a great... Uh, stunt that went wrong sent the guy to the hospital uh, but man I love those stunts in the movie, yeah, in the movie. Yeah. is that the one where you can actually see the cushion yeah there's like three or four frames right. I, I don't know if yeah. you can tell Sorry. I, I no, love Road Robert Warriors. and I watched I, it I just too. a few days ago I'm and you have can... to watch it again because it, it yeah, there's two while. or three frames. If you if you watch the on the Blu-ray and you pause it at just yeah. the right time, you'll actually see part of the crash mat in oh, the nice. shot because they wanted to get I think every frame they could of this guy, yeah. and they went, I think we can squeeze this last two two or three <laughs> frames in there. Yeah, people and, uh, and and nobody notices. Yeah. You're just watching this guy fling himself, and it almost looks CG, but it looks so unnatural the way he's yeah. he's flinging in the air, end over end. It's nuts. Eddie, yeah. What's your number one? Take it home. Number one has got to. I think I I said it earlier. I, I talked about it earlier, but I still to because I was there and I was a part of it and watched it. Uh, Fast and Furious Five, the opening, flipping that bus. Wow. To flip a bus that huge and get it in the air, and Corey Eubanks was driving was pretty impressive. So you were there for it? Yeah, I was there for it. Yeah, wow. I was. Uh, we were doing the chase in the Trans Am, following him. Okay. So we did it the first time, and uh, they had never done it before. So he he flipped it, and the cannons didn't go off. Oh no! So it was laying on its side, and it was like we were behind them in the car, and I was like, "Okay, these telephone poles are basically will do eighty miles an hour, pointing right at us." And I was like, "Go in reverse and get out of there." So like, okay, next take, we're just gonna park the cars and flip the bus, but you guys are not gonna be anywhere near that and I was like mm, that was an interesting moment I was like <laughs> okay back out and it was great to watch it you know and just see it they had to rebuild that bus in a day and a half because they only had one bus with the cages and everything wow and uh, you know it was just to see something that massive go in the air and flip that had never been done before and done so well and Corey just got out of it I was like how was that I was like oh, pretty <laughs> awesome and to watch it just disintegrate that's great. You know, it's just like one of those moments where you go, okay, that was cool to, to be a part of and watch. How many people do you think, I mean, stunt-wise, had input on that particular stunt, if you had to guess? Well, I mean, it was, it was it, uh, our stunt coordinator did very much, and Corey did because he was driving. And then the rest was, you know, the fabricators. Hmm. The fabricators had a lot to do with that and the car guys. So how so, many people is that total, would you guess? It's, a dozen? Yeah, dozen? at least a dozen because you, you had, you know, welders and engineers and effects people. It was, it was a, And that's what I mean. It's a collaboration. And a lot of times we put a lot of faith and trust into the fabricators and the effects guys because they're the ones that are building everything for you. And, you know, it's like how much pressure? Well, you kind of, you know, from their 
fast knowledge they'd guess, but it's a guesstimate. Yeah, that one day the uh, the fabricator shows up on PCP. Yeah, exactly. It's like oh, Ed, not I... Eddie's best day. Yeah, it's like did I weld that shit? I meant <laughs> uh, it's like I think I put it back together. But no, everybody's so great at what they do and proficient. Sure. Everybody take you know because it's their name is on it and they're proud of it. So it's also cool to you know when when something comes along that nobody's done and. You see the excitement and everyone just gathering around, you know, waiting for something cool. How were you working in the industry when Brandon Lee uh, got killed? Uh, yeah, I, he actually lived up the street from me. So, yeah, I knew I was just starting out, but I knew him. He was a great kid. He seems like a nice guy. Yeah, he was an awesome human being. How awesome. I mean, how did the, the stunt industry change after that? Was the, were the, I mean, obviously, there's going to be more regulation. And yeah, stuff there's like just that. more regulation. I mean, I kind of don't know much about it because, again, it was early in my career. But I know I've seen some of the documentaries and stuff. And, sure. You know, to discuss just what went wrong and how, how things changed. And, you know, it, we all learned from all the mistakes, unfortunately. You know, mm -hmm. and it was a tragic mistake. And he was a great guy and his, you know, great family. Noah's sister as well. And it's just you know we the industry has grown and learned from accidents and mm -hmm. uh you know it's unfortunate that happens but unfortunately that's how you learn sometimes and you take you know don't take things for granted i mean all the studios now have safety people yeah you know that regulate everything we have discussions with them about what we're doing and how and you know it's you know do you think the stunt coordinator for that film I mean, if you had to guess, what is his perspective of things? Do you feel? I mean, obviously, he feels no, like it, shit, it, right? Yeah, yeah, of course. But it wasn't. It wasn't a stunt accident. It was a negligence a issue. Neg right? Just, just yeah. A, a, I hate to say comedy of errors because it's not funny, but it was a sequence of errors that put the just, just happened. There. It just put the bullet in the gun that nobody thought to check. So it, it, the stunt coordinator really wasn't at fault. It was just an error, hmm. you know, working long hours and working two units from what I, again, watching one of the documentaries, they said it was like they were going back and forth with the weapons and right. just somebody didn't check it. And that doesn't fall on anybody other than, you know, a tragic accident. Again, okay. a lot of these things, sometimes people try to find, you know, humans try to find a blame or, and it's like, well, we don't, no one sets out to do something like that sure. it just happens and people have to live with it and that's the thing it's like almost like okay you guys need to do documentary on how people feel about that what happened that it's not someone i don't think anybody sets out a film and say i'm gonna kill three people on this film because i'm angry at <laughs> no, the world that, that's such an interesting point that i think we have a profound need to blame because yes. there's closure yeah there's psychological closure say you you fucked up and that's yeah. why that person we why are you need pointing that. at the cat Ira? <laughs> Yeah. We need that psychologically to have a degree of closure. Yeah, yeah. Also, we should look at uh, Vic Morrow on the yeah, Twilight yeah, Zone exactly. movie with uh, Landis, John Landis. Sure. And what happened that, there? That changed, you know, all the the working for children because they the, there were kids there that were you know they were illegal too. Illegal, yeah. yeah. Yes, they were. Yes. Well, so. I know what you're saying that people don't set out trying to kill three people on a film, but I'm going to try to kill three people by the end of this podcast. <laughs> Okay, yeah. Ira, did you have some scoops of I ice cream? I do. This is a little bit of a cheat where there's okay. certain ones that didn't make in my top five, okay. but 
Robert allows me, and Robert's been doing it too lately, to include some movies I just want to acknowledge, and I think you're going to appreciate this. Okay. Um, now, he puts them at the end. He used to put them at the beginning, but then we realized you're starting to step on somebody else's. Right. Who might have that in their top five. Okay. So it's taking the thunder, the wind away from them. Uh, are you familiar with The Train with Burt Lancaster? Are you familiar with that I'm black not, and white movie? I'm not. I'll and I know I've talked about that it's before. It's African-American and white. Okay, Ira? I'll have to look at that. Um, and and there's a one continuous shot where Burt Lancaster shimmies down. It's a famous scene, right. a water tower. Okay. He shimmies down, and it's still a camera, st- and he runs towards the camera on the train. He runs for the train. It's an amazing shot. Okay. And I love that movie, The Train. I've been trying to get Robert to watch it. Number two, The Great Escape. I have a lot of passion for that film, and there's something about that jump. It's an jump emo- and I yeah. know that that oh, yeah. was not Steve, that that was Buzz. His no. name is Buzz, and that yeah. was Steve's buddy yeah. and stunt person yeah, yeah, yeah. who yeah. did that famous leap. People think, that was really Steve. No, it wasn't. No. But no. I just want to acknowledge that. The movie Deliverance still blows me away. The oh, entire yeah. fucking... We watched yeah, that last yeah, year, yeah, yeah. and that movie, I saw a documentary on the making of it, and... They are, man. They're out in the yeah. fucking rapids. But and you just like the rape scene. Yeah. <laughs> Weirdo. And the last one I want to mention, which we sort of acknowledged briefly earlier, it's called Safety Last with Harold Lloyd. Mm. And that's the clock, the famous no, he, clock the, moment. That is the, that's where he's hanging off the front. But he's talking about modern uh, times. Modern where, times, yeah. Where, uh, oh. Where he goes yeah. through the clock gears. Got so, it. Yeah. Got modern times. But I want to say that, and this was with Harold Lloyd and safety, it's called Safety Last. Right. Are you aware that it was shot one block from here on yes, Broadway? Yes, knew that and it's not really a stunt because i did a lot of research on this it, it gives safe. the illusion he's right. on he's on one he's a few feet high yeah. but through clever clever angles it gives the illusion of right. a false perspective that he's up higher when he's really really not so it's not really a stunt but it was so well done it was so creative the way they figured out the logistics to give that illusion yeah, he would have fallen like three feet right, right? i know yeah. i know but i just wanted to mention those four scoops of ice so basically harold lloyd was a pussy <laughs> Long live Buster Keaton. Okay. Exactly. Well, guess what? You have no scoops. Oh. Nah, I don't, I don't I, you scoops. don't need no stinking uh, scoops. I do. <laughs> I think Metropolis. Metropolis. Oh. Metropolis. They use wires then. Everybody, when the Hong Kong theater came to and film came to the U.S., everybody's like, oh, wires are new. It's like, have you seen Metropolis? They used piano wire and hung people and dropped them in. Way back when. Yeah, way back in the day. So it's if you look at it, it's like, that movie's beautiful. Yeah, it was really innovative for its time, like so far ahead of its time. You know, so it's pretty crazy. Some of the old silent films. Yeah. Where, I mean, when you watch what they're doing, you're going, "Shit, guys, you guys are yeah. really going for and it." It was here. all master shots, and there was no camera movement. A lot of it was, you know, it, it's kind of become what I tell people. What uh, we're kind of going back in time now in films. Uh, VR is basically. Yeah, what black and white films were because you're playing to the camera because it's just one cam- steady camera. Sure. And it's like we're going back in a way because people's like, how do you direct VR? It's like, go watch Buster Keaton films. That's, that's how you do it. That's a pretty good, interesting Because you're, you're, you're playing to camera again. You're going back to what we did years ago. You know, filmmakers did. Yeah, history repeats itself. Yeah, yeah, it is in a way. And people are like, oh my God. And then I watch it's like, okay, I get it. Were there any other scoops of ice cream that you have, Eddie? Uh, one of my favorites, I guess, one of my favorites is the one I've, I've done that, that I, I'm... Yeah, what's your favorite stunt uh, of you? Of me is the opening of Deadpool. Are you... Really? I'm the first guy that's really? driving the car and fights 
Deadpool. So to me, that's that's great. Still that's the, the, the real mo- deal. Still, the still me, it's the most fun, and I'm so grateful that they asked me to do it because you know it's just been fun because we we were the opening of a movie, and they they said wait to see the movie, and then we're like, oh shit, we're like the opening credits. This is cool. the car crash sequence yeah, yeah, and stuff, yeah, right? Yeah. yeah, I'm driving the car and. He drops in, and we do the whole fight, and then flip the car, and That's so it was great. just it was just a lot of fun. That you opening know. sequence was was very memorable. That's yeah, my money yeah, shot. Well, that's, that what, whole that's, movie. that's what it sold sold the movie because they yeah. had done the animatic that they released. Right. Yeah. So it had some history to it. So it was, it was really fun to do, and I'd worked with Ryan on Blade, so to work with him again was kind of cool. Okay, that was what Blade Three. Yeah, was we did Blade Three. Okay. Yeah, and it was Vancouver as well. That's where he's from. So it was kind kind of fun to go back okay. to Vancouver and. You know, he's doing that. So. Well, next time you come in, we got to pick your your uh, your brain about some stories of yeah, we of like this what stuff. Ryan's like on on set and stuff yeah, like that. He's, he's awesome. He's right. yeah, very very focused. Cool. Which is cool. Eddie, you look like a young Robert Blake. Uh, have thanks, you ever heard I that? Yeah, that? Thanks. Oh, yeah. you're talking to yeah. Eddie. Oh, no, sorry. No. Have you ever you do young Robert? Oh yeah, no. I uh, you, God, a similarity I'm, before I, he killed his girlfriend. Yeah, before he killed his girlfriend. <laughs> but yeah, uh, was it was the. Uh, there was like an old movie that I remember I was fascinated with that he did because he, I I, forget, I heard crazy stories about him. I forgot where uh, he's feeding. I forgot who the actress was, a Twinkie, but she didn't want to eat. And then he like put a rat or something in her Twinkie and there was like all drama. He, he was, they said he was. That's not the Robert Blake I know. Yeah. And I remember meeting him, you know, on Ventura at the Italian restaurant. That's actually. right. Yeah, that's right. He hanged out there. Geez. They used to have a pizza named after him on the menu. Yeah. And it was like, you know, he, what was the, the TV series he did with the. Beretta. Beretta. And yeah. I, but I, movies like Electric Guide, Glide in Blue, and, and what was the Truman Capote one? Uh, in Cold Blood. Yeah. yeah in, Cold Blood. in Cold Blood. We talked. Yeah. Yeah, no, he was. He was. You do uh, look yeah. like a young Ira. Yeah. Like Ira, yeah. you look like a young Ira Heffler, and you look like shit. <laughs> nice, well done. I love, I love you guys. <laughs> and on that note, fuck you. Yeah, exactly. There you go. All right. Well, hey, guess what? We had a podcast. Nice and a damn good one too. All right, I'm gonna hit record now. And we'll do it for real. Uh, All right. Uh, so if you like our top five, if you way, have any, uh, yeah. Before we slide it home. Do you want to tell anything about 30 Love? Or we have a, we have oh, a yeah, premiere. Yeah, Why don't you yeah, a little yeah. bit? Tell yeah. us about this premiere that's coming up in just a few weeks. Well, we do have a premiere of our film. Um, Ira and I wrote and produced it together. I directed it, and, uh, and we were both in it, as actually, as well. Well, you star in it. I have a small part. Mm, well, yeah. whatever. Okay. He's being modest. Uh, so anyway, if you would like to come see the film, we are doing a red carpet premiere. That's going to be on September 28th. And uh, Eddie, if you're not doing anything oh, that cool. night, why don't you come on down and I see a movie? definitely come down. Here uh, in Los Angeles. It, in Los Angeles at the Vista Theater Love in that theater. Hollywood. It's a beautiful theater, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Bill Macy premiered his film there, Rudderless. Ah, so we, call awesome that, we call that secondary. Secondary yeah. to 30 Love. Yeah. <clears throat> you know yeah. what I mean? No, uh, so if it's good enough for Bill Macy, it's good oh, enough absolutely. for us. absolutely, yes. And we'll be playing for a full week after that. At the Los Feliz 3. Los Feliz 3 on, uh, on Vermont Boulevard. So, and then uh, that week you can catch it on demand. You can um, get DVDs. I'm not sure if the DVDs will be released quite then, but they might be. Hopefully. We'll find out very soon. So we're going to... Uh, have a premiere you're welcome to come on down if you want to buy tickets you can go to our Indiegogo page Uh, you can get there just by either searching for us on Indiegogo or you can go to 30lovefilm.com and there's a link right there that'll take you over to the Indiegogo page and you can find us on all sorts of social media again just go to 30lovefilm.com and you can find those links 
And as far as this show, yes. if you like uh, mm. our stunts, if you have a question for Eddie, if you have a question yeah, for Ira or me, please send us an email. Uh, you can email us at robert at moneyshotpodcast.net or... And or ira at moneyshotpodcast.net. Or you can send us a tweet over at Twitter because that's usually where tweets uh, go. Yeah, that's, go. That's how the twits, yeah. twits do the tweet. Yeah. Yeah. Never mind. Anyway, you can do that at moneyshotpod uh, or you can shoot us an Instagram message at moneyshotpodcast. Right. We're all over the place, aren't we? We really are. Yeah. We're, we're on, uh, where are we? iTunes, we're on Stitcher. Just go to our website. Yeah, Google Play, yeah. any of those. Uh, but be sure to tell a friend about the TV about the TV show about the yeah about the TV it. show yeah, about yeah. Shameless. Aren't you going to turn into a TV show? <laughs> and yeah, Shameless. We're on season eight, so and, uh, get ready. Yeah, so tell, tell a friend about Money Shot Podcast, and and also Eddie, why don't you give a little plug? Do you uh, you're doing Shameless? Anything yeah, else? Season, that... season eight of Shameless, and uh, it really is, is one of the best shows on television. Uh, I'm, and I'm, I'm, that's not just hyperbole. No, no, please, thank you. I, I one of the, my greatest. I think uh, I never thought I'd be on something for this long mm. so it's kind of i never wanted a real job and it still doesn't <laughs> feel like a job because it, it's it's a pleasure to be there every day and to be on anything that's in season eight is pretty amazing and it's still original yeah you know john wells and his whole writing staff just really put their heart and soul into and it it's still good yeah that's what i mean it's hard after eight seasons so many things just take a turn for the worst and every time i read it, it's like oh are you kidding me and I just start laughing about you, it. You got to let them know they need to bring Jimmy back. I love Jimmy. <laughs> All right. All right so yeah. until next time, any, do you have any other? Do you have a Twitter or anything like that? You uh, plug? Yeah, I'm uh, I at I am EddiePerez.com on Instagram and also Facebook. It still exists. Uh, Eddie Perez as well. So that's uh, always the I am Eddie Perez is the easiest thing to find me at. All right. Cool. Well, so until next time. Keep watching movies, and we'll help you sort them out. Oh, you want to play hardball? <laughs>